Hey y'all, Liz Higgins here, and welcome to the Millennial Life Podcast, where my main goal is to share conversations that will inspire you and drive you toward the life and relationship you desire. I'm here to share what I've learned as a licensed therapist and relationship coach specializing in millennial relationships and wellness, as well as transformative conversations with other professionals. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I am very excited to have a colleague and friend. I would consider you a friend, Angie. We have met and come across each other's worlds through another mutual coaching program that we were in together for our businesses. So it's a lot of fun to have you here. I'm excited to introduce Angie Gurno, a therapist and career clarity coach for women. Hello. Hello, hello. So happy to be here. I know, me too. This is fun. And um, (laughs) with the exception of my silly tech issues as we were starting up today, we are good to go. And I'm so so happy to have you here. Yeah, we figured it out, right? We did. (laughs) But that's it was my fault. Um, (laughs) So I want to introduce listeners to you. And as I mentioned a minute ago, you are a therapist too like me, and you're a coach. So what got you into doing this work and on this coaching path that you're on? Because I think it's amazing what you're doing. Well, as you know, a lot of things go into small changes, big changes, especially career changes. Um, So I would say it started a while back just realizing uh, how much coaching I was actually doing (laughs) already and really interested in um, niching down and being very specific and loving this very particular um, and and personal and important topic with women. Absolutely. Yes. And we are living in the age of the the niche or the niche where depending on where you are, how you pronounce it, but I feel fancy with niche. So I'm going to go with that. (laughs) Right. I know. And you're a Texas girl too. So I feel each other on this one. Niche. So fancy. I love it. Tell us a little bit about what your niche is and how you got into that. Cause it's, it's so great. Yes. Okay. So, so I have a really fun name for my niche, but uh, in general, I work with and help what I call high achieving women who are burned out or uninspired or bored in a career that they just feel stuck in. And I call it a uh, successful. So kind of a play on words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, People so listening, I- I'm sure are immediately like, that's me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's that's the uh, the response I get from most people. It's like I've been but, there. <laughs> yes, but in all seriousness, elaborate on what that is. What does successful mean? Yeah, so there, there's a lot of things that go into it. So I say things like, "This is somebody who has maybe like the golden handcuffs, right? So they have a great job. It pays very well. Um, like who leaves a good job, right? So they're they're feeling stuck, but they're kind of." bored, uninspired, um, burned out. Maybe they have a lot of guilt about they should be happy in their career. They should continue on because they worked so hard, like they spent so much time to get there. Or worried about what if I can't do anything else? Like I worked so hard at this. So I, I what, what if I fail, right? Like this is my thing. I, I happen to do it well. Um, people think it's a good job. So why leave? So kind of that, that guilt category. Uh, in addition to usually it's a good job and usually you worked pretty hard to get there. So feeling stuck is, is not 
kind of having that feeling at least to start with that something needs to be different, something needs to change, uh, or that you're just really bored, uninspired, burnout, but you don't know how to leave or don't feel like you can. Yes. And I have a feeling for those listeners who do fall into the millennial demographic, which is most of them and me included. Um, I mean, even just in the corporate realm, what you're talking about is so incredibly relevant because the world is not how it used to be. And people want to be in jobs and in careers and at companies where they feel valued and like what they do makes an impact no matter the role part of something bigger. And I I wonder if that's why we see those stats that we see now of like that corporate turnover. People are not staying incredibly long in uh, these job positions. They get to that point where if they're not growing, if they're not feeling encouraged to expand, like that voice of wanting to get out gets stronger. It does. Absolutely. And I would say even more so more so this last year and a half, I, I would say. Oh, you know? yeah. Good point, right? But, <laughs> but you know, I, I've, I have, I've worked with even outside of the corporate realm. So women who have done things on their own, right? So they have businesses or they work for nonprofits or whatever, but they, that, they kind of like ran its, like it ran its course, I guess, is a kind of one way to say it. So it can be both, but I'll, I'll, most of the time it's within corporate jobs and careers. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you, like, what are some of those signs that you see women experiencing when they're in that space, when they are like genuinely hitting that wall, feeling stuck? What, what does that look like? What are they going through? Yeah. So, so I like to call this, like, how does it show up? Right. So like, how do I know if this is happening? How is it showing up? Um, because I'm sure that's not the first thing that comes to somebody's mind is like, I'm stark successful. Like, no, but they're going to probably notice some other things. Right. And, and what I find the most is this odd combination of bored and burned out at the same time. Right. And I don't have a word for that. There might be one out there <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. where it's, you know, I kind of like the, the Monday blahs right? So it's not terrible. You're like, Hey, I'm grateful. I have a job, but you're not jazzed about it anymore. You can do it. You have the skills, but it's just not, um, kind of creating that spark, right. Uh, kind of that light inside of you kind of fizzled yeah. out a little bit. Yeah. Monday, the Monday blahs. And I hear some clients talk about like the Sunday. Oh, yes. Like yes. ahead. And so it starts to even back up more and start to like impede on your weekend. Cause yeah. you just don't want to get started. Right. Then you just have like one good day. Cause Sunday's ruined. <laughs> right. Cause you're, you're thinking I got to go work a whole nother week of this. Right. Um, for sure. But I, I, there's, I think some other things kind of creep in like little, I call them like little, little tidbits of maybe like resentment like that kind of comes up too. like why this is ridiculous why do I have to do this you know just some little things maybe some irritability kind of popping up sometimes towards like either uh work the industry in general I find that that's kind of a big one like ooh, the industry in general is not great and just kind of thinking that only looking forward to the weekends <laughs> right like that's that's kind of like the way you get through your day you find that you're you're constantly thinking of a time where you can't wait till you're not as busy so you can do this or you can't wait till retirement so you can do this. Right. And that, you know, um, or maybe doing like, I think we, we often do like a lot of reflection if we feel like we're not in the right place. Like, how did I even get into this? Like, why did I make that choice in college or why did I even start this business? (laughs) Right. So I think we do some introspection when we start to notice that things aren't quite aligning. That's really actually cool to hear you kind of reframe this as 
reflection. We become reflective when we're in this place where, whereas like for some people, it's like you just feel your, your whole brain space is focused in on not enjoying where you are and you're like hung up on it. And I don't know what term I'm thinking of, but, but that's so great. Like, like if people are having that experience, recognize this as a time to be reflective. What is not okay about this? Cause even a minute ago when you were saying, you said a word that really landed for me, it was irritable. Yeah. Now that I am personally in a career and doing things that are like, this is what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm doing what I believe is my calling and that's exciting and there's goals and there's what's ahead, but I'm, I'm genuinely happy. But there was a time a few years back when I was in the nine to five corporate world doing, you know, admin assistant type role. And I knew I was headed in the direction of becoming a therapist and all those things. But even just being in that job that was so like, not personally fulfilling for me, I became pretty irritable, I think. And I'm with the same guy now that I was back then. So we should ask my husband <laughs> what he thinks. But my <laughs> reflection of myself is like, I got kind of like crappy in my relationships. You yeah, know? for like, sure. I, I would be irritable. I would be like not looking forward to the week ahead. And so it just made me kind of salty, you know? Yeah, I think salty is a, a great word, right? Because you, it, I, I want to kind of just like tangent a little bit on that. Like what you said that, that the, the, the irritability kind of comes out. I remember I said like resentment a, a few minutes ago, and I, yeah. I think it can show up as like resenting other people too, like uh, somebody else who seems yeah. to have it together in their career, or they just seem, um, even if they just seem really calm and peaceful about it. So they're not like overly jazzed, but they're not disgruntled. And you're like, what's, you know, like, oh, lucky you. Right. So, and you know, it's not rational, but it does cross your mind. I think. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right. And I would imagine when you get to a certain point where you are really tuning in to that internal dialogue of uh, something about this doesn't feel right for me, right. what is next, that people might feel pretty untethered because there's a lot of security and comfort in a lot of different ways when you you have that J-O-B or whatever is paying the bills or whatever. Right. Do you That's see right. that a lot? Just like. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, because there is like this bottom line that we have to have our bills paid. Like you, there's a bottom line of security and safety that comes well before, uh, you know, fulfillment, <laughs> right, in a, in a career. So there is always that I think people are, are thinking about. And then and then, you know, on top of that, the the, the guilt and shame of, you know, you should be happy. <laughs> right. We should be grateful. Like I have a job that pays the bills or I have a job that pays well, right? Even like one step up from that. Well, exactly. And I know you have worked with women that have reached high level positions or roles, places in their careers. What do you see people experience when they are in that space of like, okay, it's, I need to jump ship here. It's time for me to lean into what's next. I mean, what do they experience like on an emotional level or just what's going on? Oh, geez. I would say the, you know, but besides noticing kind of that introspection, right. That, that there's, there's definitely a lot of fear thinking that there might be a big change or that something needs to change. Right. I mean, think about it. You work, you know, you go to college or you work really hard on, on learning something and you spend years being a high achiever, you know, moving up in the ranks or creating a business and, you know, pouring your heart and soul to it. Right. And, and then like, what, what else is there? I thought this was my thing. I thought I did my thing or I'm doing my thing. So there's a lot of fear of, 
if I can't do something else or what if I fail at something else? What if this is my thing? And, you know, um, so I would say, and, and, you know, fear is such a powerful emotion to have. And if, if there's one thing I say that ever keeps any of us stuck, it's definitely fear. It's oh, one yeah. of the biggest emotions that we feel across the board, <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely. What's, what's going on? Um, so yeah, I, I see a lot of that uh, when when I talk to them, and they're noticing so so all the things I already mentioned, right? So having some resentment, just not looking forward to it, um, and there's this weird mix. I, I say uh, I, you've probably heard me talk about it before about that overwhelm sometimes is underwhelm. So I don't know if you remember mentioning that before. Yes, I yeah. do. <laughs> but yeah. when you said that, we were all like, ah. Oh. Nail on the yes. head. Yes, right. So uh, if they're they've been feeling overwhelmed, and you know that because you're just exhausted, your brain's tired. You don't have the patience for things that you used to, especially if you have other things in your life. If you have a family or a spouse or a partner or anything like that, there's less space for them, and there's less space for things you enjoy. But I, I find that that sometimes that overwhelm, besides if it's like a boundary situation or too much, you know, taking on too much situation, can just be kind of underwhelmed, right? It's just, it's not exciting anymore. And that that can kind of suck the energy right out of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm having this weird thought that I'm just going to like put it out there, but it's, it's it. a similar <laughs> way where I guess I hear people talk about monogamy in today's world. And like Esther Perel, you know, talks about this or who, Helen Fisher does a lot of research based stuff on partnering up and the sociology behind like monogamy and how basically like that is not our natural instinct to be monogamous for our entire life and to never think twice about what else is out there. Like that's not that is not actually normal. Well, it's kind of similar with what we do. We, we've gotten yeah. married to this idea or expectation that we're going to go to school or we're going to go, you know, start our craft and whatever. And that's going to be the thing we do for the rest of our life. I mean, we're creative. We're creative species. Like, I think it's totally normal to feel like, hmm this is losing its luster. Like, what do I want to either do to shake things up for myself in this field or try something different or just completely look into something new altogether? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's a fantastic view on it. I like looking through that lens for sure. Um, I would say that it, I mean, just the fact that we are not stagnant creatures, yeah. we are constantly changing, evolving and developing through the entire course of our life, right? You can read upon you know, like a hundred different theories of our developmental stages, right? I had to take whole semesters and years of classes on this, right? So tons of stuff out there, right? That they were kind of constantly changing. So why in the world would one thing be constant through all of that? Particularly if the one thing is a job or a craft or something that we happen to be good at, right? Exactly. What do you think about our our culture our society and how we kind of connect our sense of self-esteem and self-worth to what we do does that feel like is that healthy is that a good thing to do do you see people do that a lot yeah i'll, I'll give you a, a general statement yes the answer is yes i do see that a whole lot and i would say that there's a lot of i would say maybe renegotiating of that concept that i work with people on all the time. I can't even tell you how much, right? That there is this, and, and this is this is not just career, uh, um, but everything that we identify ourselves as what we do and how we behave and how we think and how we feel. And that all of those things change 
and we don't go away <laughs> because of that. So we're never those things to include our job or our career, right? It's things that we do and not who we are, but that's not what society tells us. And I think, you know, we introduce ourselves. What are you? I am this, right? Instead of, hey, I'm a, also a human, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And I have the things I like and don't like. And we don't introduce ourselves as that. Um, but we can definitely get very wrapped up in our identity uh, being what we do for a living mm -hmm. or we happen to be good at. I mean, there's, I, I think there's a reason behind it, right? Because it definitely um, helps us meet other people and stay connected and be accepted right? Yeah. Which is on a very primitive level, something we're all built to seek. Right? Absolutely. So it's not weird. No, <laughs> not weird. And I love that response. It's like, it's a narrative that we need to look at, maybe renegotiate. But of course, who we are and what we do becomes pretty intertwined, but it is not the same thing. And it shouldn't be like the sole source of our sense of self-worth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, especially, you know, when, when we put our identity in something that is changeable, then I think it makes our identity very fragile sometimes, right? That's so true because then say you make that big career change or whatever, it's like this existential, who am I? Right. Uh, huge, right? Ab absolutely. And, that, and that's the thing. Uh, the, I, I would say even thinking, like just thinking about that, I love that you said that because I think that can keep people stuck because that that whole, there's like a crisis of identity, right? Like, mm -hmm. Oh, if I if I'm not this, what am I? And yes. thinking that you're not anything besides that can can keep you doing that same thing, you know, for probably far too long. Absolutely. Well, and what would be what's maybe a healthy way to navigate that? Like feeling passionate about what you do but not letting it become the essence of who you are, like having kind of a a separation there. What would you say that we could do to even practice that out? I think, you know, um, I, I would say kind of like flushing that out, <laughs> right? Where you you check in on a regular basis, or as I like to say, and, and looking through the lens of the fact that you are not what you do. And, and checking into that would be on a regular basis saying, hey, I have this job, I have this career. Um, these are the things that I do to earn money. These are the things that I enjoy. But if they changed, I'm still going to be here. And, and kind of realigning, like, whatever works for you. I think a lot of people do a lot of different things. So they do, you know, they can do meditation, they can do all, all kinds of energy work. Uh, and that's kind of like on the other side of it. But I think on a very basic level, you can get that, that, that who we are is, is an energy right? And usually a positive energy, right? And that checking into that really involves us um, checking into things that we love, things that light us up, things that bring us joy and peace and excitement and spark. That is who we are. And that doesn't have to be related to a career. There can be a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's something we totally need to touch on because before we were on this call, you were talking about a little bit about how a lot of times it's not even necessarily shaking up the what you do or your career. It's like looking at all the areas of your life. Like how are your relationships going? How how are your family dynamics? How what what about like just talk about that because it was really interesting to hear you say that. I was yeah, I, I would say it's on this is the other side of the coin, if you will, that that sometimes the 
the, the feelings you're noticing can be an indication that you need to shift either from your career or within your career. And sometimes that's just how it's showing up and that's how it's coming out. And that, that it could be just an indication that there's some things outside of the office that could use some care. Right. So you your relationships, um, your connections. Right. So we, we can say connections because it's not just like one significant relationship or another, that it's a lot of different connections. We have lots of different levels of connections in our life that we are not putting enough time into finding other things we care about, things that bring us joy, things we are excited to do, whether there's a ton of things, right? Like travel and music and sports and things that we might call hobbies, which I think kind of downplays them because I think that those are fantastic <laughs> and even more a part of who we are, especially if they really light us up inside. So, mm -hmm. um, so sometimes, you know, that's kind of going on. Sometimes it's not the job, but the balance in between, right? And the whole, you know, work-life balance has been like, done a whole lot but mm -hmm. still not followed very well sometimes i know i was gonna say is this like the topic of the century or the topic of our generation at least like work-life balance what even is that because i think we also have to call out the fact that we're living amidst a real hustle culture and even for me like when i became a therapist i wasn't yet tapped into like the business person, I guess, piece of it. Um, I was just learning and kind of a sponge and excited to get into the field. But I, I do remember I was like, I, I had that goal and intention of being in private practice because I knew it would give me, quote unquote, a healthy work-life balance when I decided to become a parent. And it was yeah. very much that traditional thinking still of like, well, you know, I am the mom, so I'll be home more. I totally wanted that life. I wanted to be able to nurse my babies and do all those things and be available. But I also like really fell into a love for the business side of what I do. And then I wanted to grow my business and then I became a group and now I'm expanding into coaching and it's like, okay, this is not work-life balance anymore. Like something's got to shift here. What's uh -huh. going on? And it's easy to get pulled into that hus hustle culture of like, need to do more and need to do more. And social media doesn't make it any easier because now mm. you just feel the FOMO of the fact that everybody else's businesses are wheeling and dealing and growing while oh, you yeah. sleep. So, but a lot of those mindset shifts, I'm sure you have to do a lot of work with that with your clients, huh? Uh, hands <laughs> down. Client for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's exactly what goes on a whole lot, right? Is, is that, um, especially, and I, I, I find that not a majority of people I, I talk to and really the people I enjoy working with are people um, I would say more like me and you uh, and a lot of people who are probably listening, which is that high achieving, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you want to make an impact. Yes, right? And so, and, you know, the the idea is you you have to work harder to do a better job, Yeah, right? You got to work, you got to be the first up, you know, you got to be the first there, you got to, you know, uh, that's definitely a, a mindset that that is going on. But also that absolutely thinking about social media and thinking about everything that goes into what we're absorbing, right? Mm -hmm. the, all, all the background um, that gives us the shoulds, right? Yes. We should be this. We shouldn't be that. We should do this, <laughs> right? Like even we should be able to uh, work and be successful and do all these things and still be amazing moms and parents and do everything with our kids and 
that's not that often does not lead to excellent balance sometimes, right? Well, yeah. And, and talk about that more because you're absolutely right. And I think for women listening, especially there's a lot of millennial mothers now who are also still entrepreneurs or in Mm -hmm. careers or have goals to kind of take their career or passion somewhere. Like I think there really is that mindset that we're still looking at of you should be able to do it all like a successful mom, a successful woman, a successful entrepreneur is going to be able to stay on top of it all. And why is that bullshit? Uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know, but it, it definitely is. Uh, uh, it's, it's a large pile of it actually. Um, and (laughs) I think it makes people feel really bad all the time, right? Like, like how many times a day are you going through thinking like, you know what? I am killing it, <laughs> right? Like, look at all these things. No, you're like probably thinking, oh, I did great at that, but I wasn't here doing that with my kids or I was doing this with my family. Oh, I should have been doing this with work, right? So so that is definitely, uh, yes, I think those two things are very much related. Uh, but but thinking about high achiever, I'm, I'm glad that we have kind of navigated towards this a bit because there's, there's, there's plenty of times when I talk about um, a woman who is successful or is feeling stuck or is high achiever, it doesn't mean they're necessarily in one job right now. This can definitely be somebody who's trying to figure out, Hey, I, I have been like out of the business for a while. I have been raising kids or I haven't been doing these things. And that is a job as you know, uh, all by itself. Right. And, and sometimes you, you know, that, that you want to kind of expand on, on doing that too, right. On doing other things and, and doing more things uh, besides that. But talking about the, the work-life balance, I think that is something that you have to address on the regular, right? You don't just decide and then it's better. You have to pay attention to it all the time, right? You have to be intentional about it, I think. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I think that I'm sure that can be an uncomfortable process to keep up with, which is strangely enough why people a lot of people probably just stay stuck and stay in the the weeds of the kind of uncomfortable murky waters as strange as it sounds it's what they know like absolutely maybe, maybe some people are just used to being in overdrive and again that has maybe connected to a sense of self-worth like i i am more valuable as a person when i'm doing everything versus pausing doing less leaning into only doing what brings you joy. That would be totally different. It would be, it would be so different. But if you, you know, um, if you, if you look at as a society, what we put emphasis on and what we, um, I guess glorify, right. And what, you know, what society tells us is valuable is that you do all the things. Right. And you do them all well, and you should be happy if you get to do them. (laughs) Right. And that can definitely leave you, very stuck also, right? Like who, what do you mean? I, I can't, you know, like uh, I can't shift and try and do things I work on. Cause what does that mean about me as uh, in, uh, in my career or as a mom or, you know, like this, there's a lot of bullshit that we get from society, <laughs> right. And that we just accept it. And we, we take our lumps and keep going. Right. Because it's, it's more comfortable. And, you know, I, I talk about how our minds work on a very brain basis where we are designed to what I'd be kind of on uh, autopilot, mm-hmm. right? That autopilot is safe. That's why we have it built in on a very primitive level. And it works great sometimes, right? So it cuts out a lot of 
unnecessary use of our brain for things that we can put on autopilot and just do all the time, like backing out of our driveway or, you know, remembering how to, I don't know, scramble eggs, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there's comfort in having that autopilot. And so that, you know, people notice, even though they can come up with, I really feel like it needs to be different. I need to do something different, right? I want to find this. I want to be more like this or less like this, right? But then that autopilot, oh, it feels so comfortable, right? Because our brain's like, it's safer. <laughs> right? You know what to expect. Oh, change. <laughs> it's safer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that doesn't mean it feels better. Like I think on the contrary, getting to the life that you are encouraging people to live, that feels better when you're there. But it's that whole piece of untangling from what you've known and have felt conditioned to be, which is correct. You know, hustle culture, do it fast, do it all, do it, do everything. Um, I think it's just, we're like in the midst of this awakening as a society, like this is not good for us. And it's not certainly not good for our relationships. You know, we were talking earlier a little bit about that piece of shame. And you said like a lot of your work does end up coming to this conversation and work around shame. Like, tell us about that. What do you see? So I've I've touched on it briefly, but there's a, the going into all the should statements that we tend to live by, most of which we don't even really identify that that's what we're living by. Most of which we don't even know where they come from. Many that we adopted a long time ago, many that that we are following, um, and those should statements, those are very much related to guilt and shame, because when you think I should be this way, I shouldn't be that way, things should be this way, you know, that's where, uh, in fact, that's the only place that shame and guilt can live. You can't have it without the should. Mm. So everything about being somewhere other than where you are are, I guess, or just continuing to plaster pressure on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, I'll, I'll, the big ones I've mentioned, but I'll put them all together. Like I should be happy with what I have. Right. And, and there is some element, um, and, and studies even show about gratefulness and the impact, right. On our outlook and our mood and, and productivity and maybe even manifestation, right. Like there's, there's tons of stuff on that. Right. So, but, but I thinking grateful is like in a different category because that's, that's, that's out of the should, right? So that's, so I want to put that to the side as still valuable, but not related to what I'm talking about here, which is like kind of the, um, the useless guilt and shame, which most of it is right. In fact, almost all of it. Uh, I, I think the only point of ever feeling bad about something is to learn not to do it again. Right. But how many times do you, if you, you know, you don't need to continue to learn not to do it again. Anyways, that's. A, a side note, but but definitely that I should be happy. I should stick with something because I worked so hard for it, <laughs> right? Um, I should be able to do all these things and do them all well. Uh, and um, I shouldn't be dreaming about this, or it shouldn't be this hard. There's like, that's what usually what I come across the most is that those those shoulds that lead to um, the the guilt and shame um, that can be kind of lingering in a lot of places. It's so helpful to hear you kind of describe what that inner dialogue might sound like or feel like, like shame. I think people, when they hear that, they, they kind of can probably tap into what that feels like too in their body, just that heaviness and anxious feeling, not, not being in alignment in yourself, very like 
all over the place. At least I'm kind of describing my experience of what it tends to be. So like what, when you see women or clients or whoever kind of work through this and get to that healthier place of taking, doing the work, you know, taking the steps to untangle and get away from that and live a better life. What, how would you describe what they experienced then? What does the inner dialogue sound like there? The, there's a switch that, that moves towards, I, it is, it's okay for me to be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to enjoy things. It is okay for me to not do everything. It's okay for me to do something totally different. It's okay for me to work a job I happen to be good at and just do so many things I love when I get home from work and I can be happy with both. Right. So I, and that's kind of like both sides of the coin. Right. So like, you know, if you, if you need to switch jobs or within your job, then that transformation, you know, looks like kind of moving through that fear and saying, Hey, it's okay to be afraid. That's normally, that's how my brain is built. Right. It's to keep me safe. It's okay. If I move forward, I can keep doing these, you know, um, I can do hard things. I think that's from, uh, yeah. Glennon. <laughs> right. Is it? Go okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, and and then if it's if it's more of like a balance situation or a boundary situation, right? Like giving, giving too much time or not enough time to one area, then then constantly saying, "Hey, I I can do things. I appreciate. I can be with my family. Or I can be you know with um, somebody I'm connected to. I can also do this job. It is okay to spend time luxuriously doing things I like to do." <laughs> Who'd have thought, right? Like, it's okay to do those things. And I don't have to do it because I hate my job. I can just um, do it because I enjoy it. You don't have to wait until retirement. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I have like this whole thing of like, why do we wait until something bad happens? Right. Or we retire or there's some sort of like pandemic or chaos or crisis to be like, you know what I really want to do this and I'm going to fucking do it. (laughs) Right. And we wait till those times. Why? Right. I, I wonder, right? I'm so glad to have you on here and talking about this stuff yeah. because this also just backs up another episode I did earlier with Kimberly Pendleton. She's another coach and she's pushing this movement as well. Just like you, Angie, of like you, Im- you implant those wonderful, joyful experiences into your life now. Now, you know, we're not saying like, go spend beyond your means and be reckless. No, no. oh, no, no, but This no, could no. be yeah. as, as simple as like, let yourself go get some flowers this weekend to put somewhere nice in your house. Like, does that bring yeah. you joy? Or, you know, sleeping in, breakfast in bed, like, do those things feel luxurious to you or just like you're relaxed and yeah you know, like those those yeah. types of experiences allowing them now yes uh, and there's you know this is maybe an unpopular opinion i don't really care though uh <laughs> but <laughs> we tend to wait to like special you know like I, you know this why this is why it's unpopular like mother's day and like holidays and like our one week of vacation a year like that's we'll wait till then to do these things instead of incorporating them on a regular basis right that's so true so absolutely true i tell my husband too i'm like i think it's kind of funny how we put so much into the beginning of a relationship too like the wedding and, and it makes sense you know from a traditional even religious standpoint that, that's yeah. totally fine but why does it stop after that and then exactly. like, oh, you know at the 10 year you get to do this i'm like you know what f that we're gonna start creating traditions where we are celebrating our relationship frequently absolutely um, and it's it's 
I think what you're talking about is a lot of disrupting the norm. It is 100%. (laughs) 100%, right? So, so yeah, um, not at all what we're here to talk about, but I I talk about the same wedding relationship stuff too. Oh, yeah. All the time, (laughs) right? Uh, So, yeah, there there is that that idea. Um, Instead of scattering it and, you know, distributing it in a way that makes more sense. Exactly. I love this. So I definitely want to give you some time to talk about like what you do in your coaching programs and what that looks like and how people can find you. So tell us about that. Oh, I would, I would love to. I'm I'm so excited. Uh, I say that I have like a, I'm trying to get the word out, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, um, kind of this, this whole platform here. Um, so I have a couple of things happening, right? Like right away, I have a, um, a Facebook community for, uh, successful women and, um, I'm, we're putting things in there, re- regular stuff on a day-to-day basis. And, and I come in and do some, some little, I call them little micro trainings or masterclasses on Mondays and, uh, give some inspiration, some ideas and things like that. I have a, uh, some one-on-one coaching programs. Um, uh, one of them is shorter and it's, it's really, I say fun, right? Because people can come in and we knock something out in a month. Like, Hey, are you feeling really stuck? Like you just want to know what your next steps are. You're tired of like reading books and asking all your friends and <laughs> right. Consulting everyone, you know, or just like ruminating and, you know, spending your weekends thinking about it. So, uh, it's, it's kind of laser focused to get in there and just like, like let's outline exactly your next steps so that it's clear to you. It feels good to you and you can just move on it. Right. And, um, I have a longer program that is, um, three months and that just kind of like takes, it's just kind of a a longer approach where we can get even more done. So if you are making a big change in or out of the office, that you have all of the support and guidance you need and ideas to get you all the way there. Right. Oh my um, God, I love that. Yeah. It pushes that fact too that we shouldn't do this stuff completely alone. There's so right. much out there, including professionals like you that can help take you through those steps. So that's great. Right. right. And I can I, I went I want you to hear from my experience, which is you can ask everyone around you, and that's not necessarily going to give you all the answers you need, right? Because everybody has okay. different opinions. I'm thinking, you know, people that actually do care about you, right? Friends and family and then mean well. Um, but it I it, that isn't always all of the answer, right? Yeah. Um, because you're gonna get some different feedback on that. So that's that's kind of why I uh what I had to seek out and find on my own and what I wanted to offer um to other people who have been in similar situations uh as me. Um that's great. Yeah, that's so great. I do have some I do have something uh upcoming that will be um I think live in the next probably a week or two. So whenever this comes out and it's published, um, but it's going to be more of a kind of a self-paced course. I, I don't know. I like things that I can just happen. Like, I, okay, I don't really have time. I just want like this yeah. quick little thing. And I want to do this and I, I love to learn. I'm a, I'm a learner. I'm a, you know, student <laughs> uh, my whole life. So I'm creating like a little seven day infusion self-paced course, really easy to do. It has all the good stuff for you. So you can yes. do that. So be on the lookout um, for that. I'll be on the lookout for that one. I'm one of those people lately where I like to get up at like 5.30 in the morning and just put on one of my coaching sessions. Yes. Feeling, feeling oh, yeah. inspired, you know? Yes. No, I do I do it all the time. I, I post all the time uh, um, that I, you know, so I, I, I listen to all my books on Audible and I listen to a podcast and I listen to like some trainings that I get, right? And that's, that's how I get my day started. Absolutely. It puts such a good energy 
Oh, that's great. That is so great. And just for people listening, we are going to put links. We'll put all the direct links to these things that Angie's mentioning in the show notes. So you can go right over there and click over to it. And, and for those that are listening, what is your social media? How can they find you? Is it your name? Is it, I can't remember. Are you on Instagram? I don't remember. I am on Instagram. So you can find me in a lot of places. So obviously I have a Facebook group, right? So that's successful. Right. Um, but you can kind of just look me up, uh, Angie Gerno, and you can find me on Instagram on a couple of places. I'm on LinkedIn. Oh, I have a TikTok channel. It's growing. But you it's a do? Lot of fun. Yes. yes, of course, because that's the creative side of me. So of course, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get more more brave uh, and put more things on there because it's just a lot of fun. Um, but you can, uh, my, my LLC is ABG Coaching and resources. So you should be able to find oh. it under ABG coaching or Angie Gurno coaching. Oh yeah. Like I've, I've got you on Instagram, dude. I have not bit the bullet yet on joining <laughs> TikTok. I'm so scared. Yeah. I, just, I know. And it's like, but I'm like, also, you know, that's not where the millennial, well, there's tons of millennials on there. I'm sure. But <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and, and I'm in the, um, I put my, I'm in the Xennial. Xennial? Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah. Xennials. Yeah. So Right. So I'm like right on the cusp in between what, what, mm-hmm. the, the four years. What is it like 78 to 82 or something, yeah, like, something that. like that? Yeah. So that's me. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, we're on there. So don't. I know. I know. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought, that is very cool. We'll we'll put links to your social media stuff so people can find you. And thank you so much for coming on here. And oh, I had such a good time. Stuff. You are amazing. Liz, you have such good energy. It was a, just a joy to talk to you. Same here. Well, until next time, Angie, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review. If you're interested in learning more, you can find me at millennialrelationships.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also join our online Facebook community. Just search Millennial Relationships with Liz Higgins. I'm going live every week to talk with you about your relationship, wellness, and practice. I look forward to seeing you in there.